Hi, everybody. I'm Neil from Your Gray Matters. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm here in the editing department of the Your Gray Matters podcast with my son, Jason, out visiting Jason in Edmonton and learning the tricks of the trade of getting these podcasts ready. Jason, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you here. It's great we're able to do this uh, together because normally we've done this by teleconference, as they yeah. say. So uh, it's good. So uh, we're here to record an intro for this week's podcast, which is all about recycling. Uh, what are some of the top things you took away from this episode without spoiling anything? Absolutely fascinating. You know, every time you recycle something as simple as taking those batteries out of your remote when they're used up for your TV or your flashlight, and you know, you go into a grocery store, your local area, and you put them in the receptacle. Once they're recycled, part of that recycling ends up in the food chain. It adds small nutrients, things that we need when we eat into the food chain. Yeah. And this fellow, Wayne Elliott, who uh, I've been very lucky to interview, I've become a friend with him. He also has another product called Iron Earth. Again, we need these micronutrients. We need the special acids in our soils that are not there because we keep using the soils too often. So when you recycle, you are affecting what you eat and the health for yourself, your friends, your family, your children and grandchildren. I found today's podcast really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I found it absolutely fascinating. Well, I think that's a good start. Everybody enjoy this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, everybody. I'm Neil from Your Green Matters. You already know that. And we're really excited to have you on the show with us today. You know, we are attracting people, as you know, because of our gray matter. And whether you have gray hair or no hair or red hair, but come on, we know what's under there. We're glad to have you here. And being a mortgage broker, being an entrepreneur, as you know, I'm always looking to speak to successful, wonderful people, especially when this gentleman, Wayne Elliott, are doing something really super for our community. I had the privilege of meeting Wayne just a little less than a year ago, just absolutely decided that I met one of the best people ever. And Wayne has a number of businesses, which we're going to talk about today. Let me introduce you to my friend, uh, Wayne Elliott. Wayne, welcome to Your Gray Matters podcast. Thanks for being on. Well, thanks, Neil. It's great to be with you. I really, really appreciate this. And uh, Wayne, you know, I've learned so much from you. You are a serial entrepreneur. You have a lot of really good businesses. But more than that, you have terrific knowledge. You have a wonderful way about you, very welcoming. And uh, you're one of those great Canadians, let's call you. Don't want to well, make thanks. it yeah. too big because I know that you're not running for prime minister, but I just no. thought I'd say it anyway. <laughs> Thank so, you. That's very kind words. So Wayne, why don't you tell us a bit about you? Tell us where you're from, your history a bit, because we'd love to know. I was born uh, almost 70 years ago in Hamilton, Ontario, the Hammer, and uh, that was my hometown uh, through high school. Uh, after high school, I went to uh, Miami, University of Miami in uh, Coral Gables, Florida, and 
uh, I always loved uh, sports, always loved sports, baseball and football. And uh, so I, I played a bit of that there and then uh, back there in Canada afterward. Uh, but I started in the summer times working uh, for the company my dad worked for from about age 13 or 14 uh, in a shipbreaking yard in, wow. in Hamilton that he had started for this family. And um, so I kind of, you know, I became intrigued with ships way back then. Uh, it took a few years. I, I was in the Dairy Queen business. All that did was clog my arteries because milkshakes were my favorite food. Uh, <laughs> thank God I discovered a natural formula that, that cleared my arteries. And I, the reason I'm here today. And so like that Phyllis Shave guy, I liked it so much. I, we bought half the company. Uh, and uh, so I do radio shows for the, the natural health business have done for have done Sometime last month, I, I passed my 1,000th show, and wow. uh, that's it. That's in like 26 or seven years, so it's uh, it's not that many, but it's still a lot of shows. And uh, uh, really, how I make my living, uh, I'm a recycler, uh, scrap metal merchant or junk dealer, as they used to call us, uh, but a recycler, and our main enterprises are uh, battery recycling, spent batteries which I'm very proud of. We invented a, and designed a process to uh, take the bulk of the alkaline batteries and use them as a micronutrient additive for fertilizers to grow corn uh, in the United States. That's uh, That was a wonderful thing. Uh, I hated to see the batteries go into the landfills for future generations to suffer the effects. It was my motivation. And uh, so that's a that's a very business makes me feel very good as I'm an environmentalist. There's no doubt about that. For sure. Uh, I, do, I do think that uh, sometimes we take things too far. But by and large, I'm certainly in favor of, of the environment. I'm a little fearful of global warming with uh, some things I read this morning, but we won't get into that. Sure, uh, sure. I, I, I do uh, love the environment. I mean, I love nature. Uh, Jim Strauss uh, taught me so very much about nature and how it, how our health and uh, uh, how everything works together. Everything's connected, so to speak. And that not only saved my life, but changed my life. So it's a real passion. But how I make my living really is recycling. And our, our main business today is uh, uh, with ships. We're the world's oldest active ship recycler or ship breaker, as we're wow. most often called. So we're three generations at uh, ship recycling, and uh, <clears throat> my sons, the third generation, have uh, expanded into shipwreck removals and uh, retrieving vessels off the bottom in various places on both coasts of Canada and and the Great Lakes. And uh, so, yeah, we're uh, we've been attached to the ship. My family has all the way back to 1950 when uh, uh, the family began, my dad, uncle, and grandfather began to uh, provide groceries and provisions to the ships. And that business still runs today in Hamilton. My cousin uh, owns and operates that business. Mm -hmm. So we've been kind of connected to the ships for a long time. And uh, so I, I, I'm never bored, Neil. I'm never <laughs> bored. I'm, I I'm switching, switching hats on the fly. I would have Love to have been a, uh, and I could have been a pro baseball player, but my one terrible fear in life, flying, uh, that put a kibosh on 
any further sports that uh, to make a living at it anyway. I just couldn't imagine getting in an airplane 150 times a year. I mean, I'd have a, a nervous breakdown before the season was over. So uh, I went a different way. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm not sorry. I, I feel like we we do positive things for uh, the earth, for, for humanity, really recycling, you know, a fact, I'm sure most people wouldn't know, Neil, that, that uh, metal that is made from used metal, from scrap metal, in other words, remelting scrap metal is over 80% more efficient than making metal from virgin ore. Really? Of course, it's far less polluting as well. So the energy savings uh, is 80%. And uh, as I say, mining is a dirty business, as you know, whether you're mining for oil or you're mining for gold and copper, it it is a dirty business. Uh, And, uh, you know, I don't know whether you've read any of the the reports or stories on the tar sands in our country out west in Western Canada. And, you know, there's you just can't do those businesses without uh, creating these ponds and so forth and yes yes, yes. polluting you know absolutely so. well you know Wayne that, that I love the way that you've been saying this because your gray matters actually grew out of two ideas that I believe in number one is that the human mind cannot be defeated and therefore we'll always find a way and you're a great proof of this the other is that your gray matters wants to bring s- solutions I call them miracles that already exist but people aren't aware of them. And this is probably one of the main reasons <clears throat> that I wanted to have this discussion with you today about recycling. Of course, you and I are aware of a product that will clean up those tailing bits and those terrible hydrocarbon spills and copper. And yeah. You're right, it exists. That's already been on uh, your gray matters, actually. But the fascinating thing that I just learned the other day from my mom, who I always talk about, she's 91, still living on her own. And we're trying to recycle her uh, just to stay around till she's around 200. So but she, um, she told me something two nights ago that I never knew, Wayne, that just before the war started, my late grandfather, her father, who was actually born in Toronto, we've been in this country a long time, uh, he got this idea that when houses are used up, he should tear them down and then recycle the materials. And he was apparently one of the first guys in Hamilton who came up with recycling. I never knew this. Um, wow. One of the biggest Canadian recycling companies today, all those years ago, almost became his partner. I, I'm kicking myself that they didn't, that he didn't do it. But yeah, recycling apparently was a big part of my family. And I never knew that. And And I have to thank you also, because we're all concerned about climate. We're all concerned about uh, this little ball of soil that's floating around uh, in space, and, and we need to take care of it. But as I hold up this battery, ladies and gentlemen, yep. you have these batteries. You're forever throwing them away. Did you ever wonder what happens to them? Well, now you know. They end up at Wayne's factory. And the beauty of it is that Wayne, as he was saying, is he's able to recycle these for the good of the environment. I was wondering, Wayne, if you could delve a little bit deeper into that, because I've been into your offices. I've seen what happens to these batteries. And if you're comfortable, I'd love you to tell people a little more what happens to these batteries. 
Well, we're really proud of this process and it took years to uh, develop the final version, Neil. Uh, that's a high quality black mass, we call it, because it looks like black sand, really. Uh, it, it's 60% of the weight of these uh, non-rechargeable batteries that many of us use in our TV remotes and flashlights. And you held some of them up just then to the screen. Uh, they are still, they still comprise 85% of the consumer battery market are the alkalines, the single use non-rechargeable. So um, that was one of the things that attracted me to go after those almost 40 years ago now uh, was the volume of them. And uh, frankly, there were some bigger, very wealthy companies uh, handling some of the other types with more valuable contents like nickel and uh, a cobalt. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we, we went after the alkalines and uh, after five different process patents, I believe, you know, we have a process that 60% of the battery is this black mass that has four out of the eight micronutrients that everything needs. We need all eight of them to stay alive. Well, there's four of them in the in our black mass. That's iron, zinc, manganese, and potassium. That's four out of eight that we cannot live without. They're using it primarily to grow corn for ethanol in the United States. And believe it or not, with 30 pounds, not, not spread right on the ground, Neil, but rather they do a further process and leach it and, and combine it with their fertilizers. With the use of 30 pounds of our black mass on one acre of cornfield, they get 20 extra bushels wow. uh, of corn. Wow. So it's uh, it's it's done incredible uh, there. And the, of course, the jacket, or the case of the, the consumer batteries is uh, is steel, is a, is a ferrous alloy. And uh, that's about 20, what is it now? 25% of the overall battery weight. And uh, that is sold to steel manufacturers for remelting. Uh -huh. uh, again, there's there's great savings to remelting scrap metal uh, as opposed to making it from virgin ores and uh -huh. uh, a lot much less pollution at the same time. So really, the recycling business, when it comes to metal, is uh, is about conservation. Yes, we're conserving natural resources by using these used items metal it's it's amazing really uh, but metal is infinitely recyclable you can melt a piece of steel a thousand times and it might be part of a bicycle one time razor blades another time a, a wheel a, a steel bar an angle bar a rebar uh, a steel plate and an infinite number of times or any other metal uh, uh, by remelting it so it's uh, it is a big business in the world, of course, uh, sure. Uh, sure. recycling uh, metals. And uh, so, I mean, that's that's a good thing. Uh, it truly is. And, and far less polluting than blast furnaces and which create naturally create uh, 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 radioactive contamination. It's a natural occurrence in blast furnaces making iron. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and they, uh, uh, you know, we have. A couple of other products that, uh, uh, again, 100% natural. They they actually come out of the ground. This iron earth uh, that your the, the video well, your mom showed there. 
What? Yeah, it's, oh, it's a great wow. product. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, uh, you know how we we could, if we're wise, uh, Neil, we take supplements, good vitamins, minerals, and so forth. Uh, well, these are supplements for the soil that we grow things in. It's really a, a, a soil uh, conditioning product, but it has every mineral, all 76 minerals, and the highest humate acids of any such product on earth, apparently. And uh, I've had great success with all the trials and growing of that. And it was very interesting for me. I I don't particularly have a green thumbnail and I've, I can't, uh, I'd love to have a nice vegetable garden, but I don't, I have not ever had one. But uh, I watched the trials, uh, some of the trials with this iron earth and uh, everything from Japanese maple trees uh, to uh, good Lord marijuana, to uh, kale, uh, cucumbers, uh, peppers, garlic, onions, tomatoes, kale, if I didn't say that, several types of each. And I was amazed, Neil, that the, the bounty, the quantity, either because the leaves were bigger or the fruits themselves were bigger or there was more of them. And uh, the taste, the first thing I thought, Neil, when I tried a leaf of romaine lettuce, my favorite, right out of the garden, standing right there a few years ago. It's how lettuce tasted when we were kids before they before they genetically modified things and used all these chemicals and sent us lettuce from Florida and yeah. away yeah. places. You know, we, we haven't done ourselves a lot of favors when it comes to living naturally. You know, we're surrounded by chemicals these days. Yeah. So, you know, all of these things that I, I do feel passionate about, I sometimes you almost want to curse your training uh jim strauss and all the things he taught me but i can't of course yes uh, you know it, it can drive you a little bit crazy you cannot you unlearn wayne we can't unlearn once we know we know right. i i gotta i gotta jump in here wayne because i've had a team on the ground all this growing season as you know with iron earth i don't have a green thumb either but i like food and I love watching things grow. Uh, I was telling you off camera, my mom's 91 and she's a grower and she just sent us another testimonial of how great her plants are since she started with the iron earth and uh, uh, other people now are starting to report incredible growth. They're getting excited for their tomatoes to bloom because yeah. they've never had such big tomatoes on the plant yes. and the plant itself is six inches taller than the one that they didn't use yeah. the iron earth and so it's fascinating but it you know what's the truth wayne and it's right on the packaging um we need these minerals we need right. the humic acid this is for us this is for all living right. things that eat vegetation of any kind it helps our trees it helps plants grow stronger but it's even in the bible that after That's right. seven years of growing, you're supposed to leave your fields fallow for a year right. and not grow because they're emptied. We've had changes, good or bad. We were taught that. We were taught that as children in grade school, Neil. You, uh, you and I were. I, we I never were... forgot that. And uh, of course, you know, if you if you think about it, it makes sense. Nature rejuvenates itself because those vegetables and plants and fruits and so forth are drawing these valuable minerals and enzymes and so forth out of the ground and so they they say i guess 
I don't know about the whole world, but largely our growing soil is depleted. Yes. Hence all of the new chemicals they've had to come up with, Neil. Yeah. Uh, all of the, the these, uh, and then when it comes to seedless and genetically modified foods, anything seedless cannot reproduce, reproduce. itself. Exactly. Anything that can't reproduce itself has a very weak or no valuable immune system. Agreed. And so insecticides, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, chemical fertilizers, then chemical preservatives, maybe it's, you know, we're eating things uh, that we never used to eat. You know, you ate the foods from where you lived in the season they grew. That was primarily, and that is the way it is meant to be. It, it's, it's why the Saudi Arabians, for example, did so poorly when they adopted the American fast food diet meal. Yes. They went from zero diabetes to 45% of the adult population. You know, Boom. Wayne, it's so fantastic what you're saying. Years ago, Linda and I were seeing a specialist and he was a bit of a naturopath and he was a, a very special doctor for a challenge that we were having. And he said, one of the problems with food today is that your body doesn't know what it's eating. So it doesn't That's know what right. it's doing, what to do with it. And, uh, you know, they, I think the iron earth, and I have to tell you, I'm sold because everybody I've given it to is calling and I report to you. But the fascinating thing is we've recently, and I'm not making a political comment on this, it's just fertilizer has been reduced. The amount of fertilizer that farmers can use to produce our food has yeah. been uh, reduced by the government. So is this product a replacement for fertilizer, would you say? How, how would you approach this? Well, they made the company get a fertilizer number, ID number, but uh, truthfully, no, uh, not really. And and that isn't a, that's not, I'm not trying to promote chemical sure. fertilizers, Neil, sure. uh, but, but not really. You got to take a step, one step further back, being a soil conditioner, you wouldn't need all these things in your soil if your soil had the minerals and right. correct uh, enough humate acids and so forth in it we wouldn't need any of that but mm -hmm. uh, and so we've seen it you know any soil we can buy really it's all the, there's no magic pile of soil anywhere and hence all the chemicals that they use on it but what's real important as well is our bodies don't have equipment to deal with these chemicals there was no man-made chemicals when we were created Yep. As opposed to natural things, we our body knows exactly what to do with it. At, at Cub Scout Day, when we had to sell apples, you know, hopefully for a nickel apiece, I always ate half the basket. You and uh, me I, both. I, I got home earlier and uh, and uh, I had my fill of apples. Well, I didn't get sick. You know, you might use the bathroom more often if you overdo it on food, but your body knows what to do with it. It doesn't with these chemicals. And if you saw... Uh, I don't know if you've been to my house yet, Neil, but on the North shore of Lake Erie, I just hate it after big rainstorms. When I see what flows down the, it's, it's like the drainage ditch, I suppose, about a hundred yards down from my home that flows into Lake Erie. It's like dark Guinness type beer. And sometimes with a head of foam on it and that's coming off the fields and, and, uh, Yep. You know, breaks my heart, honestly. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's just, and it, all for what Neil, because we didn't leave the fields every seventh or eighth year to replenish themselves. Mm -hmm. So for money, we really, we've done this to ourselves. 
it's uh it's something you know and i'm hoping that we we can smarten up and and get something done on this global warming that uh a disturbing report came out this morning from the the uh the oceanographic experts at uh, several universities that the uh, Atlantic current, the Atlantic conveyor is slowing uh, considerably and warming. And, uh, you know, we may have 20 years to get this turned around uh, before that, that conveyor stops. So, I mean, we have to start taking these kinds of things seriously, Neil. I, I believe, and this is, I hope nobody takes offense to this, but, and I, I'm not talking about any individual, but collectively, I believe history will show that the humans were the dumbest species to ever inherit the earth. We, we even, you know, what, where we eat, you know, let's put a pipe into the lake. Oh, the stuff's gone. Well, no, it's not gone. Is it? You know, it's, it's interesting because our whole show is about the human mind can't be defeated. And that's why I believe we will come up with the answer. We're good at creating the challenges or not, or maybe not creating them, but we have proven ourselves able to fix things and yeah. uh, I'll continue to believe you. And, and by the way, that's in no way uh, saying anything negative about what you just said. We all have to be concerned, but I believe that we will find the answers. I just have to ask you, um, obviously you're environmentalist, you're a business person, all the good things that we talked about, but recycling really is a major answer to the challenges on this planet. It seems to me um, that recycling is a great, great answer. I don't know that the whole world's aware of it yet. I, I uh, When I used to sell nuts and bolts and screws when I got started as a kid in the 1970s, and I saw all the metal that we were carting away, not from the bolts, but from the screw machines, the brass, the oils, yeah. It never even occurred me to me in the 70s. Gee, I wonder where all that stuff goes. Yeah. And I'm wondering if anybody was thinking that much about it. But of course, they were. I have friends who are recyclers. But there's one thing you touched on. And I just have to say it to you because I've seen your operation. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, you drive along the Great Lakes, you drive along these great bodies of water, and you see these massive, incredibly long ships like two football fields long or whatever did you ever wonder what happens to them when they're out of service because that's a lot of metal a lot of everything on it and Wayne that's a big part of your business too isn't it is recycling these gigantic marine products and maybe you would touch on that yeah. because I think you're a miracle for doing this well it's a third third generation business uh for us Neil my dad uh, started it with a family and for a family in Hamilton. And, uh, you know, so we're at it for three generations. It's, uh, it's challenging, you know, uh, it's dangerous work. It's truly safety first around there. We, you know, it's, uh, you're handling very heavy lifts of steel and, and so forth. But, uh, uh, yeah, so we're the, I think I mentioned it earlier, we're the world's oldest active shipbreaker and, uh, uh, it's a tough business, but it's it's interesting business. You know, obviously we like it or we wouldn't keep doing it. Sure, uh, but it's largely a gamble on the sale of the scrap metal because you don't know the price six months in advance or anything like that. But that's just part of a part of the business, I guess. And uh, uh, yeah, when you see what happened 
and still happens to a certain extent on the other side of the world, Neil. Asbestos thrown into the ocean, you know, oil leaking, this kind of thing. Um, and worst of all, in my opinion, human safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame some of the things where humans are prepared to give up for, for the sake of money, uh, you know, to have it done cheaply. The, you know, before COVID, so this information could be eight or 10 years old, but I recall in, in, in India, the skilled workers were getting um, about 30 cents an hour American money. And the unskilled, like ladies and bare feet that were carrying mattresses, because they beach these things out in the water still. So they were they were getting less money. And Bangladesh, who took over a lot of the ship breaking, uh, the men at that point were getting 20 cents an hour and the women were getting 12 cents an hour. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, when you when you think about it, the, these ship owners, you know, they don't like me for saying this, but they generally made a lot of money with these vessels over out in the ocean over the course of 30 years lifespan on the lakes, 60, 70 years more sometimes lifespan. They, they made their money with the, the ships and uh, you know, what other trash doesn't cost us to be rid of at the end of the day, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. you're paying for it in Canada on your, on your land taxes, you're paying for that trash removal service. And, uh, uh, but recycling, you know, has sure kept a lot of materials out of landfills and none of us seem to want landfills in our backyard or our neighborhood. Uh, and, and it's great if we can not put plastics and certainly metal and, and dangerous goods into the ground as well, uh, Neil, but it, you know, that business is largely dependent as well on money. If it didn't pay, I can tell you this, no disrespect to, to anyone, but I, I love South Florida. It was like a second home to me. I went to school there. Um, they only started recycling at the home pickups. It's less than 10 years ago. My uh, really? really? And, and I was in uh, Las Vegas with a mutual friend of ours years ago uh, before they, not so many, I mean, like 10 years ago, those scores of hotels, Neil, four and 5,000 rooms in each, a newspaper in every one, yeah. all those aluminum cans, yeah. and they didn't recycle. There was about 140-yard oh roll-off trucks a, a day would go out into the desert dump and dump this trash. Jeez. And uh, we were actually there and, and started to make some moves, and then it, it did happen where they – so, you know, it it it, it – it doesn't always pay with newsprint. You can only transport and truck things so far, but if the alternative is, you know, polluting and needing more dumps, uh, we have to make these choices, I guess. Yes, we do. Well, you know, Wayne, it's funny, and just by uh, an odd coincidence, uh, I live in Hamilton, like where you were born. Uh, I've just recently been asked to serve on the Citizens Committee for Hamilton Landfill. And I thought, right? and I will always do anything to do my civic duty. I have no idea what I'm getting into. Our friend Alan Freeman is the chairman. And so I'll give him a plug. But the truth is, I'm very excited to learn about what we really do with these things to increase my own knowledge and awareness. And ladies and gentlemen, along those lines, um, I really want to thank Wayne Elliott today for many reasons. But I want to encourage you. The Wayne's recycling bins for batteries are, I think, everywhere. I think I've seen them in every 
grocery store, Wayne. I see them, you know, yeah. somewhere local to everybody. And I want to encourage you when you're finished with your batteries, if it's not your habit to take them to the recycler and put them into these bins, please do. You're having a positive effect on our earth in many ways. One is doing the right thing uh, to put that sort of garbage where it should go, but it is allowing people like Wayne to recycle the product, to affect our ability to grow food, to save our planet, to reuse the metals as Wayne, Wayne said. I mean, this is a terrific thing that you can simply do by dropping them into the receptacle. Sometimes our ability to help in saving our own earth doesn't have to be a massive thing. It can be as simple as putting your, your refuse, your batteries, whatever you're throwing away, <coughs> in the right receptacles. And, and sure. be, we have yeah. ways now, skills to recycle them, to get rid of them, to, to sort through and decide where's the best place to put stuff that we've used. So Wayne, I really want to thank you and congratulate you on doing that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been lucky. Wayne is a great teacher and scholar, and he won't tell you that, so I'll tell you that. And he- uh, Thanks, Neil. I'd like to say one more thing. We all sure. love our children and our grandchildren like crazy. Yes. We, we should act accordingly and think about the world we're passing on to them, in my opinion. Yep. And this is where the real passion comes from. I mean, I know we all love our children and grandchildren, those of us lucky enough to have some. Uh, so really, we, we need to think about. There's somebody said once that we don't uh, we don't own the earth or we don't inherit it. We just are, are we're allowed to use it for a certain period of time. We have to pass it on. So this is what I think about most, Neil. It's I hate for someone to say, oh, I'll be dead by then. Yeah, well, you can't. Sorry, there'll kid. be other people behind us here that yeah. uh, that we I, need to watch out for. I, anyway, I thank you for having me, Neil. Hey, thank you, Wayne. It is a pleasure. I'm sure I'll catch up with you before the end of the summer. And uh, once I get some of those tomatoes from my team, we'll take a bite of them. And by the Beautiful. way, congratulations because I know that you do a lot for the food bank, thanks to uh, Iron Earth, and uh, we can all make a difference, folks. If you want to learn more about what Wayne does, or if you'd like to try a sample of Iron Iron Earth, just email me, as you always do, at yourgraymatterspod at gmail.com, yourgraymatterspod at gmail.com. And in the subject line, just put Wayne Elliott and tell us what you're after. And with that, Wayne, bless your heart. Thank you. And uh, we will see you again soon. Stay well. God bless till then. Thank you. Thanks very much. And bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Your Gray Matters podcast. The Your Gray Matters podcast was created by Neil Silbert and Jason Silbert, written and hosted by Neil Silbert, edited by me, Jason Silbert, and produced by Neil Silbert and Jason Silbert. Please follow us on any major podcast platform Watch us on YouTube, like and subscribe, and email us at yourgraymatterspod at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. Thanks for listening. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the Your Gray Matters podcast. 
The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The Your Grey Matters podcast name and all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product or service.